the foundational passages that we're using for this teaching on binding the strong man. Repeat after me. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I will meditate therein day and night. I will observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then my way shall be prosperous, and then I will have good success. Tell somebody, I'm getting ready to be blessed. God bless you. You may be seated. Matthew 12, verses 22 through 29, and Luke 11, verses 20 through 26, provides our foundational text for the teaching on binding the strong man, or subtopic, disarming the strong man. Scripture teaches us uh, that the, the strong man in the scripture is the devil, and the one who is stronger, who spoils his goods, is Jesus, as we're looking at the context of the scripture. We've discovered that we have been given the authority. Go to Luke chapter number 10. Go to Luke chapter 10. That's just, just one block behind. Luke chapter 10, look at verse 17. It says, and the 70 returned again with joy. Now remember at the beginning of this passage, the Bible lets us know that Jesus sent the disciples out to do ministry on his behalf to prepare the way as he goes forward and he sends them out by twos, two by twos. And now here they're returning with the results of their um, evangelistic tour. Verse 17, and the 70 returned again with joy saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. How many of you know that through his name is the authority? In the name of Jesus, that's the authority that we function in, or that they function in. And it says, and he said unto them, Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you, behold, I give unto you, what? Power to tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all of the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So here in the scripture we see that Jesus gives to his disciples the authority or the, and the power. It says power twice. The first power is the word exousia, which means authority, the badge to function, the anointing to function, or the right to function. And then it says power, talking about ability. So now we, we realize that Jesus in scripture is the one who is stronger than the strong man, who subdues the strong man. But then we find out that Jesus sends the disciples out, and as he sends the disciples out, he gives to them what they need to do business for the kingdom. And Jesus lets them know, and he speaks here uh, about the, the, the power, the authority that he's given to them to function. And so you and I have been given the power, the power, the authority to function in, to handle kingdom business, particularly in the context of scripture, to deal with these demon spirits that are out there. All right? So now, we are looking, we, we said that Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 27 says to us, neither give place to the devil. Say that with me. Neither give place to the devil. We find out in translation, other translations, that, it, that, that word place is another word for room. Another word for room or, or, or um, place is um, foothold. Another word is opportunity. Okay? 
opportunity. So we use that and we say, okay, place, opportunity, foothold, room is another word for doors. So we cannot open the door for the devil, neither give place. He can't take place. He can only be given place. Everybody with me? So he can't just break it down and just do it. He can only come in if we give him place. Now, here's, what, here's where we go from that now. <clears throat> we said that there are three things that can cause the doors to open. Those three things are, real quick, crisis, generational curses, ignorance. Those are the three things that cause the doors to open. Once they open different things, the enemy can attack and cause a number of things. And so now we're looking at these doors, these specific types of doors that, uh, that are opened uh, and that the enemy takes advantage of and comes in. We said door number one is fear. We said that door number two, in the sequence of which we're using, we said door number two was the spirit of error. Door number three, the spirit of infirmity, that was a good one. Uh, door number four, spirit of bondage, that was pretty good itself. Amen? And uh, today we're going to move into door number five, and that is, did we finish door number four? We didn't finish door number four. Okay, well then before we go into door number five, let's just go ahead and look there at door number four. Door number four is the spirit of bondage. Go there to Romans chapter number eight. Romans chapter number eight. Okay, let's just look at this real quickly, then we'll go into five, because I know we made good headway in there. We covered a lot of ground in there, but I just want to make sure we can seal that door. All right, Romans 8, verse number 15, it says, For ye have not received the spirit of what? Bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Go ahead over there to Galatians 5. Galatians 5, the very first verse. It says, stand fast, <clears throat> stand fast or stand firm, therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So the spirit of bondage is, is a, uh, it's a yoke. It is what I called becoming an involuntary slave. Everybody remember that? Becoming an involuntary slave. We said that under this header, heading of the spirit of bondage, we deal with addictions, all kinds of addictions, whether it's eating addictions, whether it's drug addictions. What are some of the other addictions that are out there that are negative? I'm sorry? Gambling. Illicit affairs. Gluttony. Shopping. Shopping. 
Okay. That can be an addiction, right? Amen. Those can be an addiction. And addictions are things that, that, that uh, uh, you are fastened to, you're hooked on, fastened, almost like you're glued to it. All right? Becoming an involuntary slave. I said that bondage is a well-thought-out, organized plan of the enemy. It is gradual and leads blindly into a trap. Uh, it lives or thrives on the appetites or desires of the flesh. All right? Under the heading of the spirit of bondage, we said it deals with uh, being the servant of corruption. And that's just another nice way of saying being a slave. Uh, a compulsive sin, that is dealing with this. I'm trying to find this word I can't pull out right now. That, that deals with uh, compulsive action. But compulsive sin, that is when you have the I can't help it. Okay, you can't, you, you can't help yourself. Compulsive sin that you just, you know, you, you just can't help it. You, you just, it's, it's, the, it's the addiction. It's the thing that keeps drawing you and drawing you and drawing you. Okay. We also said that the fear of death is, is, is also a part of the spirit of bondage. Okay? Now, let me just give you a couple of passages of Scripture that you can kind of connect with some of these things, and then we're going to go ahead and journey over into door number five, and then uh, hopefully by the end I can at least give you the list of door number six. 2 Peter 2 and 19, if you can just go ahead and write that passage of scripture down. It talks about the, this whole idea. Spirit of bondage was, is being captive as well as when you're being captive as a prisoner. And this, in this case, we're talking about the prisoner of sin. Captivity uh, to Satan as prisoner of sin. As we talk about being a slave or the servant of corruption, go ahead and look, write down Luke 8. Verses 26 through 29. Acts 8, 23. The famous Romans 6, 16 and Romans 7, verse 23. That's where Paul was talking about his dilemma that he was having. When I would do good, evil is present with me. Romans 6, 16. Romans 7, 23. Romans is something else. Paul's just kind of just sharing with us his dilemma that he was in. Who shall deliver me from this, from this body of death? And then he thanks God through Jesus Christ. Or the, he said, it is Jesus that delivers him. Okay? When I would do good, evil is present with me. That which I would do, I do not. That which I do, would not do, that I find myself doing. Then he says, I find a law. Okay? The spirit of bondage, the spirit of bondage. All right, when it deals with compulsive type sin, we'll give you this as a, as a reference point. Proverbs 5.22, Timothy, uh, 2 Timothy 2.26. And then as it relates to the fear of death, uh, Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 15. 
Amen? But the biggest thing that I want you to get from this, the spirit of bondage, is I want you to get this picture in your head that, you, that one has become, when the spirit of bondage is on that person, they have become an involuntary slave. Satan becomes their master. Well, these things, these, these addictions and all of these things become the master to them. And they listen and heed to what their master says. It is, how, it is how Pharaoh and the Egyptians ruled over uh, the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. Egyptian bondage. They were cruel to the people. I mean, absolutely cruel to the Jewish nation, to the, to the people of God. I mean, cruel. You talk about persecution. I mean, they had these people in serious slavery and bondage, working and, and just, it, 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 was, it was ugly. Okay, and that's the same image that I want you to get, becoming an involuntary slave. All right, how we do? All right, let's go on now to the next door, door number five. Door number five is the perverse spirit. The perverse spirit. The perverse spirit. Let's go ahead and look there at Isaiah, or Isaiah's. Let's look at a scripture there, and we'll bounce from that. Uh, let's look there at verse number... Yeah, start there at verse number 11. The key verse that we'll pull out is verse number 14. Uh-oh, 19. I didn't tell y'all? I'd had it in my mind? Okay. Isaiah 19, <laughs> starting there at verse number 11. The key verse being verse number 14. I'm just using verse 14 just to pull out that actual word that's in the scripture, and then we'll go and we'll break it down just a bit here. It says there in verse number 11, Surely the princes of Zone are fools. The counsel of the wise counselors of Pharaoh has become brutish. How say ye unto Pharaoh, I am the son of the wise, the son of the ancient kings? Where are they? Where are thy wise men? And let them tell thee now, and let them know what the Lord of hosts hath purposed upon Egypt. The princes of Zon are become fools. The princes of, of Noph, Noph are deceived. They have also seduced Egypt, even they that are the, are the stay of the tribes thereof. Verse 14, the Lord hath mingled a perverse spirit in the midst thereof. And they have caused Egypt to err in every work thereof as a drunken man staggereth in his vomit. Okay? Can I read that again? The Lord hath mingled a perverse spirit in the midst thereof, and they have caused Egypt to err in every work thereof as a drunken man staggereth in his vomit. Now, 
The reason why I wanted to pull that out is because as we're dealing with this perverse spirit, the perverse spirit, and there's a key word in there that talks about how, at the, towards the tail end of verse number 14, how it talks about a drunken man staggering. What happens with a perverse spirit, it, it is a spirit that consumes the soul. It consumes the soul, particularly the mind. Particularly the mind, because that's where perversions are born, in the mind. And it causes one's life, or one, yeah, one's life, to, 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 to go into a drunken, staggering posture. Because at the place of drunkenness, it's, you're unable to, what's the word I'm looking for? You're unable, yes, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. You're unable to be, to, to be sound, that's the word. You're unable to be sound in your steps. How many of you have seen a drunken person before? They're reaching for the ground. Reaching for the ground. And it, it, affects, it affects their ability. Here's the other word. It affects their ability to judge properly. Okay? Y'all with me? Now, as I'm working on there, I'm going down the road, and I might as well just give it to you now. There's a word called reprobate. I want you to write that down. Because I'm not just talking about a misjudgment in a matter. I'm talking about a life affected to the point that they misjudge life. It affects their whole being. Reprobate. Now, this scripture says, and it will appear if you look at it, verse 14 says, the Lord hath mingled the perverse spirit. You would almost think that, that the Lord is the author of perversion, of a perverse spirit. You would, if you look at it, and you just look at it and just look, just look straight at it, it looks like the Lord authored this perverse spirit. But he didn't. He allowed the perverse spirit because of actions of error and actions of disobedience and actions, actions of, of, of violation. Yeah. Breaking of commandments and laws. And as a result of not turning to God in obedience, God gives them over. He allows that spirit. He doesn't author it, but it's like a concoction. You mix one thing and you mix another thing and you create an explosion. So it is, it is a reaction of. Okay? What is that other law that, that is used when, when, when studying? It is the, um, it, it, it deals with 
not the law of first mention, but it deals with cause and effect. The law of cause and effect. This, you do this, it releases this. Okay? How many of you know if you go outside in the, in the wintertime, particularly, without hat and gloves and no coat and neck all opened up, how many know that you can cause yourself to receive a cold? Cause and effect. Okay? So God allowed, he's not the author of, but he allowed it as a result of their actions. Now, here we go. Let me give you a list of things as we, as we deal with this perverse spirit. A filthy mind. That's pretty simple. Whew. Okay, I'm getting ready to go down a hard place here now. Okay? All right, let me do the easy one, then I'm going to jump into the hard one. Keep it general. Evil actions. That's, that's pretty general, isn't it? Evil actions. Let's get into the deep part of the water. Abortion. Yeah. Child abuse. Y'all with me? Pornography, which includes sexual perversion. Atheism. Perverse spirit. Even doctrinal error is a product of a perverse spirit. Now, let me jump in the middle of here. Let's, let, me deal with, let me deal with this one, abortion. That's a product of a perverse spirit. And let me just say this. Anything that is perverted simply means that the truth is twisted. It is twisting the truth. It is perverting what is pure. I just gave you the answer to what we're going to lose. It's, it's taking what is pure and desecrating it. Go to Exodus 21. Perverse spirit manifests. In the area of abortion. Abortion is a product of a perverse spirit. It says there in Exodus 21. 
verse number 22. Look at what it says. If men strive or contend with each other and hurt a woman with child so that her fruit depart from her and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished according as the woman's husband will lay upon him. And he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shalt give life for life. I'm going to read in the Amplified in a minute. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burning for burning, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Amplified says it like this. If men contend with each other and a pregnant woman interfering is hurt so that she has a miscarriage, yet no further damage follows, the, the one who hurt her shall surely be punished with a fine paid to the woman's husband as much as the judges determine. But if any damage follows, then you shall give life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, and lash for lash. This is giving us, of course, it's, it's the Old Testament, but it's saying, it's giving us the consequence of abortion, or in this case, they use the word in the Amplified miscarriage. There's a scripture that talks about how the men who had gone to war came in to um, fight against Israel. They came in looking for the wives of the husbands. And when they rode into the camp, what they would do with their knives, they would find the women who were expecting and they would cut their bellies open. Now, that's horrible, isn't it? But to do something like that means that there's a spirit motivating them, and that spirit is the spirit of perversion. It's a perverse spirit that's motivating that. Now, we, see, we talked about it like that, shared with you in the scripture, but today we've made it so sophisticated, our society has made it so sophisticated until it seems harmless. But it is the same spirit that's motivating it. And it's not just those who are performing the, the, the abortion, but it's those, that spirit is, is, is attacking those who desire the abortion. And I know it's real quiet. I know you can't say a whole lot about this because it is what it is. It's a tough one. Okay? And this is not to condemn anybody because I also understand that when you're speaking to crowds, that may, within the crowd there is a, probably a very, very small percentage of any of, of those who are in the crowd that may have had one in times past. So this is not to condemn. It is just to reveal to you what spirit is in operation when it comes down to taking a life. Even... Even the Ten Commandments have in, in there, what? I think it's uh, uh, Exodus 20 in verse number, I think it's three. Thou shalt not kill. 
or one of the verses in there. But what happens is we've made it so sophisticated and because we have a democratic society and we, you know, we're trying to accommodate people because of their circumstances in life, then, you know, abortions are permitted. But I want you to know, and I want to say this real clearly, that is this, there's a perverse spirit, the spirit of perversion that is in operation to do that. Let me give you one more and then I'll stop because my time has run out. When it comes down to sexual perversions, go with me to Romans chapter number one. It is the same spirit that is in operation when it comes down to, <clears throat> comes down to sexual type perversions. And I'll just go ahead and say it for the sake of time. And that is the spirit of homosexuality. spirit of homosexuality that's prevailing in our land. Well, it prevailed back in the day, too, in Sodom and Gomorrah, but we know of the destruction of it because it was an abomination to God. And just because Sodom, the cities aren't burning up and people aren't dying doesn't mean, I mean, dying in those devastating situations doesn't mean they're not dying. Where did I say go? Romans? Romans chapter number 1. Look at what it says there. I'm going to start reading. There's so much to it. I'm going to start reading there at verse 17. I'll probably stop somewhere around 26 or 27. It says there in verse number 17, um, one, excuse me, I'm going to start there at verse number 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that... Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without, what? Excuse. Because that, because that when they knew not God, they glorified him not as God, Neither were thankful, but became vain. Where? Where? What did I say about the mind in the beginning? When you're dealing with the perverse spirit, it affects the mental faculty. It's a, it, it affects your soul, particularly the mind. Okay? <clears throat> because they, yeah. Uh, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was what? Darkened professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Listen to this. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now, it's telling us there that if we move anywhere from worshiping the true and living God and begin to worship images and things, it is a spirit of perversion that is there. Idolatry, the spirit of perversion is there. Turning 
that which is pure, that which is right, that which is true, into untrue, things unholy, impure. Verse number 26, that's where I'm at. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is what? Unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And then, of course, verse 28, let me just do that and I'm done. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. I, wanna, I, wanna, I want to get into that uh, a little more. We'll get into that. Perhaps we'll get into it next week because I think I just want to get into it and dig into it a little bit. Because after in verse 29, it starts listing some things. And I want us to see that they're all byproducts of a perverse spirit. You know, so when we're dealing with sexual perversions, all those things, you know, the spirit of homosexuality, it, 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 it's never been right, and it's never going to be right. But what's happening is because people are not retaining God in their knowledge, and because, because of, of, of certain things transpiring, they're changing, the scriptures say they're changing things and turning things from its normal or natural use into an unnatural use. And all of it work by the flesh. All of it works by the flesh. Here, let's close with this. Now, if we're dealing with a perverse spirit, we're dealing with a spirit that is unclean, a spirit that is unholy, we're dealing with an, an impure spirit. So then, if we're going to address this perverse spirit, someone show us how to, to address it based upon Matthew 18 and 18. How do we deal with the strong man of perversion? Bind. Bind and loose, okay? Put it into a, a, a confession for me. Put it into a, a, a statement for me. I bind the strong man of perversion. Okay? Let's complete it because remember, once we deal with the strong man, cast him out, the Bible says that spirit goes into dry places seeking rest, and when he finds none, returns back to that house, or his house as he calls it, finds it swept and garnished, and he brings with it what? Seven more spirits that are stronger than he is and they enter into that house or that person and the state of that person or that house is worse than the first. So then we can't just bind them. Let's finish it up. Let's close it up. Once we bind them, what do we have to do now? Okay. Loose the spirit of purity. Purity. And holiness. 
So let's put it together. Someone just stand up real quick and let's handle this perverse spirit real quick. If there's a perverse spirit that we're dealing with, you're, you're facilitator. No, 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 no. <laughs> Come on, someone real quick. Someone stand up real quick and let's deal with the spirit of perversion, the perverse spirit. Someone deal with it. Bind and loose real quick. In Jesus' name. All right. Amen. Amen. That's as simple as we need to be. Now, if you want to go in and dig in, you can go ahead and dig in. But that is, that is the, the basic uh, formula, if I can say it like that. But it's not really a formula. It's the power of God. This is how we get it done. Okay? God's power. And we've, we've been given the authority based upon Luke 10, right? 17 through 19. So we've been given the authority to do so. So whenever a perverse spirit shows its head, we can address it by binding and loosing. In the name of Jesus now, we come against this spirit of homosexuality right now. It is a spirit of perversion. And so in the name of Jesus, I bind it up in Jesus' name. I tie up the spirit in the name of Jesus, and I set it to flight. I cast it out right now in the name of Jesus. And now I loose now the power of God. I loose now his holiness. I loose now his purity in this situation in Jesus' name, and it is done. You know, you call that thing out. Whatever it is, you deal with it. Because if it's not permitted in heaven... God says you've got the power, but also not permitted here in the earth. Whatever God permits in heaven, then that's what you loose in the earth. Okay? That's how we function, and that's how we operate. Amen? Everybody got it? All right, we're going to pick up with the, spirit of per, uh, uh, the, the perverse spirit next week, and then we're going to jump from the perverse spirit into the spirit of jealousy. Okay? There's a motivating things that come behind the spirit of jealousy. One is murder that comes behind the spirit of jealousy. One is revenge. Another is revenge. And we'll deal with that when we come back together next week. All right? These are all these doors that we're dealing with that may have been opened, but we're doing what to them? We're closing these doors. All right? Amen. All right. Close your Bible. Stand on your feet. Let's give the Lord a good praise if you receive the word tonight.